Hi guys, it's Liam Payne here and this is the FIFA Play On Podcast. Each week I speak to one of the world's top footballers who picks a playlist of songs that have mattered most to them. And I'm also joined by one of the biggest names in football slash music culture. As we discuss our lives and careers, it's time to play on. With me, as usual, is the fantastic Mr. J.D. Dyer. It's been a while since I spoke to you. How are you doing? Liam Payne, man. It's always good to hear your voice. I'm great, man. I mean, I was going to ask you what you've been up to, but I don't really suppose... I mean, you've probably got some fantastic, lovely answers. I feel like I've done absolutely nothing. (laughs) I've just been trying to keep busy. I've got a a new thing now. I try to work out in my house. I realise I can't just ignore exercise anymore. So I've been doing that. I work out in my house a little bit more now. Um, I like a good home meditation. Meditation is good. A lot more reading. And just chilling, man. Just trying to find ways to stay happy. I wish my life... I mean, working out is the most the most I get up to. I feel like I've really found my fridge in my house. That's my form oh, of meditation man. at the moment. I feel like <laughs> I've really turned to the fridge. Stay away from the takeaways. That's what I said to you, remember? Stay away. Well, mate, it's snacking that gets me at the moment. I'm a snacker. Um, I think let's get into it, mate. Let's introduce our first guest. Yes, Liam. Joining us today is one of the top goalkeepers in world football. He began his career at Borussia Mönchengladbach before joining Barcelona in 2014. He's part of that team that won the infamous treble the following season, including the Champions League. He's since then gone on to win a further three La Liga titles, numerous Copa del Reyes, the FIFA Club World Cup and the 2017 FIFA Confederations Cup. Please welcome to the FIFA Play On podcast, Mark Testegen. Mark, hey, how how's it doing? going? Very good. Thank you for the invite. Mark, what a pleasure to have you on, man. Um, I think the initial question everyone wants to know, first of all, is where are you in the world right now? What have you been up to? Catch us up, man. Well, I'm at home. I'm in Barcelona, of course, because we are traveling quite a lot and we are playing each uh, three, four days. So, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm working out. I'm, I'm trying to get ready for the weekend. How is life in Barcelona at this moment in time? Like, is it any different? Uh, well, of course it would be different, but how are you adapting to that difference? Uh, well, it's it's very different actually uh, to my home country, so to to Germany. And then, of course, now in this time as well, the, the situation is very, very difficult for all of us. But, uh, well, I see that the people really make it happen to, to yeah, everybody stay, stays healthy and, and safe which is amazing. Uh, I love this and, and I love that people take care about others. Amazing. Love it. I love that mentality. Um, I was just going to say, I mean, you're hailed as one of the best goalkeepers. You're the first goalkeeper we've had on here, by the way. So so far, I'm the best goalkeeper you had. Well, you're the best goalkeeper we've had and you're the best. No, but you're hailed as one of the best goalkeepers in, in the world. I reckon I'm probably the worst goalkeeper in the world. Oh, I think I once got lobbed from the halfway line. That's how bad I was. <laughs> I'm also delighted to say, yes, that we have got another special guest with us. He and his band have been firm favourites on the global stage since the release of his self-titled album in 2015, which produced the three-time Grammy-nominated and worldwide number one hit song, Seven Years and Mama Said. Uh, From there, he showed no signs of slowing with the release of the Purple album in 2018, plus, most recently, some incredible collaborations, including one with Wiz Khalifa as the title tracks of his new documentary, it's Lucas Graham. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. First of all, I know the pandemic's happening and everyone's still adjusting. So how are you adjusting to that? Yeah, I don't think I've written more songs than I have the last months, actually. I have two kids. One's four years old and one is nine months old, which makes it easy to stay creative because I just have to keep 
coming up with stuff to do around the house. Um, but also, uh, I haven't been traveling for a whole year. And I mean, Liam, you must agree with me that once you start touring too excessively and promoting too excessively, like there's no room left to be creative. Oh, so I, I mean, this was the biggest as problem. As soon as I was at home. Yeah. Sorry, what are you saying? This is the biggest problem. When we when we were in One Direction, we literally didn't stop making records. So we come home, we have two weeks to write the album. And then we record the album whilst on the last tour that we were already selling for the day to day. I thought that I was writing bad songs because I wasn't living enough. I realized that I was living fine. I just wasn't reading enough. I wasn't putting enough new information inside my head. Love that. So I'm just back to reading good novels, honestly. I need to start reading. Not very good at reading. I've got a couple of books for you, Liam. Don't worry. What book? What book you want at the moment? Um, I don't know if I can promote it like this, but uh, I want Fifty Cent, um, Curtis Jackson. Um, some, what is it? Hustle harder, think smarter, or something like that. It's it's good though. Love it's very that. Good. It's good. It's good. But Liam, look, I, I do want to get onto Mark's personal playlist because no, I was really it. excited when I saw this. So let's take let him take it away. The first selection is actually the Borussia Mönchengladbach. Did I say that right? Uh, beautiful, yeah. The Borussia Mönchengladbach anthem, Die Elf von... Now you're going to have to help me out with this. <laughs> no. Die Elf von Niederrhein. There we go. Yeah, uh, there we go. Um, why this song? Well, actually, um, I grew up with it because I'm I'm actually from Mönchengladbach and it was always, uh, yeah, something really special to me. Go like going to the stadium, uh, as you might know as well in England, football is really big. And well, I grew up with the with the club in a in a very big club in in Germany. And uh, even though the the city is very small, but I but I love to go there. And this were actually one of the the first song I got uh, really. Uh, chicken skin when I just went to the stadium and I was there sharing good moments there and uh, and well it was the yeah the start into something I I I saw also the the other professional football players um, walking out there having fun on the pitch and it really made me well it made something with me I wanted to also experience. Mark did you experience it both as sort of a fan and also as a, obviously later on, then a professional player, because it being your local team. I was uh, three, four something. And, and of course, then you don't think about being a professional in the future. Uh, you think about, wow, th this is unreal. Uh, you, you just love the players who are playing there. You, you look up to them and uh, yeah, it's, it's something everybody dreams of, no? So uh, not everybody, of course, but uh, me as a, as a little boy, I, I was dreaming of of just being on the on the field, uh, enjoying what I do, and uh, and well, uh, still still now I, I I really enjoy what I'm doing. So uh, and this is actually this is why I choose the song as my first song because it, this is how it really started. Actually, I mean, I think being a goalkeeper is possibly it's definitely one of the hardest jobs on the pitch. Would we agree? 
Well, uh, it, it depends. I think everything is very difficult uh, because everybody has to do their job exactly as the people also expect you to record good songs, to, to always beat yourself kind of and, and put yourself on a new level. It's a position people or kids really love actually because they're different. The goalkeepers wear other jerseys and, and well, the, the kids like the, the position actually, but uh, later on they, they would normally decide for, for being an, an outfit player. Lucas, did you always want to be a musician? Um, I have one of those weird lives. I started performing when I was two, uh, starting in, in movies and uh, and like a, cri- wow. a Christmas calendar here in Denmark, some of the most popular like children's family movies when I was a kid. So when I was eight, I changed school to like where they have the Copenhagen's Boys Choir. So my first trip to, yeah, like the US or South America was when I was 12 and 13 performing at, at yeah, big cathedrals and concert halls, singing everything from Bach, Tchaikovsky, Stravinsky, Handel, wow. Mozart. Um, I, yeah, I when I was twelve, I sang at the Queen's funeral. <laughs> there were no, oh there were no girls goodness. in our choir. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It was. It actually was the teacher. Funnily enough, I had a crush on the teacher. Ooh. That was why I joined choir. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not the the the, the reason to go crazy. <laughs> let's move on from that. Um, Mark, did you ever think about any other career? Of course, I had some some other ideas. I'm happy that I that I don't have to do them because of of many reasons. Uh, being a, a chef in a restaurant, for example, is something which is, it, when you're a kid, maybe it might be interesting. Me, for me, it was interesting to, because I saw my mom always uh, cooking and I said like, wow, this is amazing. I want to do the same. But then when you see the hours of work and stuff, uh, I, I prefer obviously something else. The same as a physiotherapist, for example, even though it's interesting to see and to, um, to do the job. True story. I mean, I feel like when I was growing up, I wanted to be an archaeologist at one point because I thought it was going to be a bit like Indiana Jones, but it's probably not like that every day, is it? Like using a toothbrush to dig up old bones. What about you, JD? Why did you want to be as a kid? Um, I actually wanted to be a DJ. I'm not going to lie. And, and a bit of a singer, but we'll, we'll leave that for another day. Um, why it didn't work out? You want to sing something? Why now you have the judge here. And see what I'm... Most... <laughs> Yeah, I Mark, can record Mark, it. You're going to put that pressure on me with Liam and Lucas on the call. Is that what you're going to do to me? <laughs> How about... And release we... it. <laughs> Post-pandemic, I think we should write him a song and we'll... And like... Like JD, J, JD featuring Liam Payne and Lucas Graham. Oh my gosh. Like, they'll have to play it, right? <laughs> oh, brilliant. I mean, let's, let's, let's quickly move on from that story and get into your second track. Your next selection, love this, is Fatboy Slim's Rockefeller Skank. Tell us a bit more about this one. Well, uh, JD probably knows what I'm talking about. Of course. There's um, early FIFA days, you yeah, know. It's, 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 <laughs> this is FIFA days. Mark exactly, knows. Exactly. <laughs> this is the first thing I, I thought about. 
because uh well i liked it i i thought like okay this would fit actually because then i started also playing um fifa with my friends and 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 well it, it was just a fun time i really enjoyed it and and of course everybody who who listened to this song pro and who played fifa at that time would uh, remember or would connect it with something. And so I, I uh, well, I choose this one. I like that. I really do like that. You took me straight back to such a nostalgia moment. Yeah, it literally is. I mean, this is that typical like knee slide. This this is like you're at your, your disco with your parents and you're doing like knee slides for me. This was, that was my time on this song. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's taking me straight back to such a 90, 98 yes 99 i think it's fifa 98 isn't it i, I think i don't know if they did it in both but uh, it was quite a long time mark i think about some of your early successes and success was kind of put into you from very early i think about that that germany on the 17 team we had mario Goetze with you bird leonard like what was that sort of like engaging with that tournament and understanding how early especially being a teenager and being successful in a national scale well, it was just uh, simply amazing, actually, um, to experience uh, this. And, and while it was in Germany, so it was uh, also good for the people to start thinking about you, to listen to your name as well. And, and well, I think it was, it was one of these, these moments when you say, like, well, I have the chance to get quite far in or, or at least to come close to, a pro to be a professional football player because then also the, the other clubs got more interested in, in you. And, and of course, success always helps a bit more to, to be interesting for other teams, for other clubs. Uh, and, and well, then also in your own uh, team, you would get more prestige as well. And, and well, I, I, I think it was a, was a very good moment for everybody who, who lived uh, the, this experience. I love that. I mean, that kind of applies to you two as well. When did you two kind of realise there was a changing moment, especially you, Lucas? When was the changing moment? When we started just releasing songs on first on YouTube and then just radio singles and realising that people showed up to our concerts without us even being known, there was just a buzz and people would show up. And, uh, and a funny way we kind of forced that buzz was, speaking of football, was we would stage concerts on big football nights so that more girls and less guys showed up for our concerts, which created <laughs> even more of a buzz. It was a great little trick to use. That's so smart. I like how tactical that was. <laughs> but Love which that. stage of life or which age was it when, when you went to, to the pubs and stuff and people actually started listening to, the, to you and, and to your voice even more? Probably between the age of like 9 and 12. Wow, that's so early. Wow, that is early, man. Wow, that's very early. Yeah, but my mom told me I was singing like in in like before kindergarten, like when I was two or three, like copy songs and sing them very well, um, and yeah, I don't know, I've I just always liked it. I liked to sing, and eventually I learned how to write lyrics, and eventually I learned how to write songs. Lucas, you talked about it at nine to twelve. How did you handle those experiences, or was it just something that you just kind of thought to yourself? Um, you're not really going to try to understand too much at those early teenage or teenage years. I mean, coming from an Irish family, I mean, everyone performs something. It be poetry, instruments, singing. It's just something that you do. So, and yeah, it just kind of kept on being like that. And for me, it just changed from pubs and smaller crowds to bigger and bigger crowds and festivals and stadiums and then more and more countries. Uh, yeah, it just... 
happened. <laughs> yeah. I love how natural he is. I don't know if you guys have found this, but when I was, I mean, I started my career officially, let's say between the age of 14 or 16. So when you're young, I feel, I feel like you just get on with whatever is thrown in front of you. I feel like as I've gotten older and I've become more in the moment and realized what I'm actually doing is quite crazy. You know, I mean, the weirdest gig I've ever, I ever did was 110,000 people. And I don't think I even noticed there was that many people because I was so stressed out by what the hell was going on at the time. You know, I just wondered, what do you guys think? Of pressure as you get older, do you think it gets worse? I don't know, but I'm, I kind of feel the more people are in the crowd, the less pressure because it's just like a blurry blob of colours. Like when I then go on stage now, like say I go on like this summer during COVID, suddenly they could do like 500 people outdoors seated concerts. And I did two of those mm. and I was standing there 31 years old. I've been singing professionally since I was eight and I could look at the eyeballs of every single person in the crowd, including my mum. And I was scared mm. <laughs> for the first time in my career. No, it's crazy. I mean, if I public speak in front of like 60 people, I am a nervous wreck. The next track we've got on this Right, you're going to have to help me out with the pronunciation of this one once again. I mean, the pronunciation has been like my key skill for when I got this job. I feel like I wrote it down on a CV and it's not there. Well, this one is Piu Bella Cosa. Oh, you said that so lovely. Piu Bella Cosa. Piu Bella Cosa. Ah, yeah. Actually, we we had this, this song for uh, our wedding. So something completely different. Because we said, okay... Um, we we will be yeah we will have the wedding in in Italy and of course we are German we have people from Spain over we have people from Germany but we wanted also to make it uh, we don't didn't want to make just the 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 wedding there so we were thinking about a song and then actually we we both liked this song and this was our uh, song we danced uh, on uh, our, our wedding dance you would say no i don't know how you would say that no yeah your wedding song yeah love it yeah 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 so uh yeah we we um we really enjoyed uh dancing on this one i mean let's think about this we were talking about pressure just now what's the, now this this is for uh, are any of the rest of us here married right a show of hands who's married who's not married trying to trying to bait us out here liam is that how you're gonna <laughs> no i'm just thinking, i'm not no i'm not married either i'm just thinking what what is the pressure in that moment like? You're, uh, it was you're, you're... huge. <laughs> no, because actually <laughs> you don't feel, com- but you don't, you don't feel comfortable. Anyone, me in my case, I don't feel comfortable also with the choreo and stuff. No, so, mm-hmm. um, so at the end, I had to dance in front of. Even though it's, we we talked about this with my mom, for example. <laughs> so we had to talk, um, or we had to dance in front of so many people, even though they are all familiar to us, but. I was so nervous. I was unreal nervous that everything works out well. This is the second episode we've had someone uh, come on and dedicate a song that they have to their to their partner and their wife. Um, Ivan Rakitic. Who came, was the other one? Ivan Rakitic yeah, Ivan, came on. Yeah, yeah you see, so you know, so you know that he's Ivan Rakitic <laughs> is a smooth criminal. <laughs> he's not messing around. He was in the bar. Yeah, he spoke in some of the early series <laughs> sort of about his love for his wife and, and how he dedicated a song to her. So I just wanted to know, why did you decide in all of the six tracks that you had that you wanted to dedicate one to what was your childhood sweetheart, man? Uh, actually, I think it's it's one of these um, 
significant moments in in life i think also for me the the wedding was was just beautiful we had a wonderful time with with all the people there and it just um yeah it it wasn't a start because it wasn't because we 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 have been together for for long already but uh, it was just a, a a beautiful moment to share a lot of time with the family over a weekend and and we had for it was was just uh, amazing to 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 have the time to do this wow that's incredible i just i just think about those moments you don't need to give me the secrets man i'm taking notes yeah, no secrets. <laughs> i'm taking for song, notes no, for i'm taking yeah. notes so i know the right song i'm telling you <laughs> liam how do you feel about it man how do i feel about it about the song the beautiful song the the moments the sort of that pressure as well of performing i was just thinking how do you go about picking that song like what like let's go through the list now for the rest of us oh, we're not married right i'm not married i'm not married jd you're not no. married lucas are you married not yet no, Not she yet. said what? yes, though. See, there you go. She said yes. She said yes. That's so, it. But what song would you pick for a wedding song? How'd you go about choosing that moment? Stunned yeah. silence. Not a single <laughs> person <laughs> has got a single bit of thing to even talk me through on that one. Come on, JD, what would you... Come on, let's get this out of you now. What would you, what's your... Gonna I already do? have my wedding song ready to go. I'm just waiting to find the right woman. That's what I would say to you. I have my song ready. And she was the right woman. She was the song. She I was thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, mate, you've got this, this the wrong way around. This is the, R- this the wrong way around. This is the R&B singer coming out of me again. You can see that I've, I've already selected the song and as, as Mark just said to me, apparently she's going to change the song anyway. So there you go. It doesn't <laughs> but you had an idea. I have you a, had an idea I have an, about what I have an idea already <laughs> as to what I would want. So that's the important side. That's what I turn around and say. Mark, because you speak about family and I can hear obviously how intimate and how personal that sort of uh, wedding and a relationship and I can hear how important it is to you. How difficult was it making that move from Mushin Gladbach and then going to Barcelona? Because you would have been such a star within your your town, within your city, within your sort of region. And then to make that transition, how difficult was that for you to digest? Yeah, first of all, the the decision to make the move or or also that that you want to go to to another club when when you grew up there, you when you spend so many years in 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 that club was was really tough. And of course, sometimes I'm also thinking about it and, and well, you look back and you had such a wonderful time and then it was really difficult to decide for something new. I have never been to Barcelona before. My wife went here just to see the city, to see apartments and, and so on. And I didn't have any idea about what to expect about the city. And and of course, it's a bit scary as well, no? And because you get somewhere you, you've never been to or you you just heard in the past that it's super nice and the people like it and uh yeah i'm happy that um the city is beautiful actually and and also the the club is very good you are listening to the fifa play on podcast with liam payne and our guests are barcelona and germany keeper Marta sturgen and lucas graham now the next track on your playlist uh, it's by our guest today, actually. It's Seven Years by Lucas Graham. Let's give that... I mean, everybody's bloody heard it, but let's give it a quick listen right now. I always had that dream like my daddy before me. So I started writing songs. I started writing stories. Something about that glory just always seemed to bore me. Because only those I really love will ever really know me. Once I was 20 years old, my story got told. 
You know what? I'm just listening through that now. And I mean, after uh, meeting you on here very quickly and getting to know you a lot more, I mean, the song makes so much more sense to me as you personally now, if that, may, if that makes any sense at all. But I mean, it's a re- the song re- is a real journey through your life, isn't it? And it's, it's you know, uh, often, the you know, the most simple ideas are the best ideas in the world. And, you know, just to sit there and talk about life, man. And, you know, it's got 1.1 billion streams alone on Spotify, let alone how many on every other single platform we have in the world. Um, congratulations. What a great song. Thanks very much. Three and a half hours, and then it was written. Three and a wow. half hours. So I guess that's a, pretty, that's a pretty good return on investment there. I know, it's crazy. I mean, you know what? I saw something the other week, that like Stairway to Heaven or something. I, I was watching, you know, those genius things that come on sometimes that tell you how people did it. Yeah. Like Stairway to Heaven was written in like 15 minutes. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing it wrong. I've been in the studio sometimes for like 18 hours at a time going... <laughs> Mark, I mean, you, you've you've chosen this song. Obviously, uh, a big fan of Luca. So, what, why did you choose this one? Well, actually, it was right at the beginning when uh, when I was here in in Barcelona, and he 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 was having yeah he he had to perform here in Barcelona. So we got to know each other, and uh, well, uh, since then we are uh, here and there in contact, and and. And well, it's uh, it was a fun story actually, and and I've never been on a concert or something, so uh, it, it's still on my list. But uh, my my you're lying. I I definitely seen you at a one D concert. I definitely <laughs> saw you as one. I mean, you're six foot two. You're impossible to miss. You were definitely in the crowd at a One Direction concert. No, it's saying here you you chose this because it reminds you, uh, it reminds you of making your your national team debut. How important was that for you? I mean, that's a massive moment, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Well, even though it wasn't the best moment probably to be uh, in in the national team by then because I was very young. Uh, I made um, well mistakes probably I wouldn't make now, but maybe I would do different. I don't know. But uh, but well, um, this is something was uh, getting you to to the next level as well. Uh, you you can learn out of this uh, a lot, and and it was good to to start with the national team to play for your country, which is amazing to represent your country, and and of course there's a great feeling. Mark, I appreciate that honesty because that takes a lot to turn around and acknowledge that as well. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of honesty on the track as well from you, Lucas, when you were kind of laying your whole life in front of people and and really putting a mirror up to society. Just what kind of space were you in when you created this song, which touched all three of us and everybody that's probably listening as well? I mean, I wrote it a few years after my father passed away. And um, I've always, in the music that I create and the songs that I write, I've used honesty like a shield and a sword. Sometimes people talk about, oh, honesty makes you so vulnerable. Not really. Honesty makes sure that you don't have to lie. Like, uh, the more honest I am, I don't have to remember what I say in every interview because... I say the same thing every time. So that's what I'm doing wrong. And it's kind of the same with the songs. <laughs> You're not, so it's not the same joking. with the songwriting. <laughs> like, yeah, just trying to be honest. Like, journalists can't really come after me with anything because I talked about my friends in jail. I talked about my dead dad. Like, I've talked about my 
friends who who've who've died either because of gang violence or due to suicide. It's like I've written about everything. It's all out there. There's nothing that I've tried to hide and make my life more picture perfect than it is. It's like I was born in a house without a toilet or a bathroom and my dad died when he was 61 years old and I was just in my early 20s. Like, that's me. Do you feel vulnerable at all when you lay your stories out there? Does it take a part of you at all? I feel it makes me a little bit stronger, actually. But now that I have, like, children getting older and older, I start to realize that maybe I'm creating some sort of involuntary vulnerability in them because a lot of people are going to know who their dad is and not just who he is as an artist, but who I am as a person as well. Um, but I mean, only time will tell. We have the life we have, right? Mm. Everyone asks me, how was, or you, like Liam, how was it becoming famous so early? And you're like, I don't know. This is, I haven't had another childhood. Mm. Like, I didn't have another, like, I had the teenage years I had. So, yeah. Do you feel like, Mark, you've experienced that vulnerability as well? You talked about it, sort of that massive transition from the local town, the, the local boy that playing for the local team that was so respected to move into a magnitude of a club like Barcelona. Well, you get out of your comfort zone, no? And then you have to be stronger anyway, I think, yeah. at the end. Because when you go out there, it's... Um... It's not like in your hometown, probably the people know you, you know, it feels all a bit more familiar. Uh, and maybe this is even even worse, kind of, when we talked about it um, uh, in the earlier stage. So um, now it's it's performing. It's nothing more than this. Uh, it's being on your personal highest level of, of, of fitness, of, of men mentality, of of everything and during these years i just learned about myself as well as a person mm. about my my family now also with my with my son it's uh the, it every time you think like okay now now i'm i'm really good and then you learn something more about life as well with, with now when you have kids um i mean then things are really not important sometimes uh even though of course it's it's your job and i and i love my job it's 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 more than a job actually but um yeah your your son or your family is it's just it, it's just a different experience and it's just beautiful lucas thank you man honestly yeah. just want to let you know because the you laid the vulnerability and the honesty to the earth and and it touched a lot of people including myself and, and Liam I, I mean, too you I'm couldn't sure move that, anywhere without that song being played when it was out which, well, I mean a phenomenal feeling um but you know how do you feel like you dealt with that attention on you at that moment because I I mean I know I have a, an experience of what that feels like and it, it can be tough sometimes it can be massively overwhelming it can also be great and fun and exciting um you know how, how did you feel about it I think looking back there's mixed feelings that song came out in 15 and was massive in 2016 around the world. That's when my first child was born in September 2016, wow. four years after my father died. Uh, and it's like in the song, I'm like, uh, once uh, like I'm like talking soon, I'll be 30 years old. My woman brought children for me and then I got the children. It's like. I wrote a song that halfway through was the life I'd lived I until I was 25. Is, yeah. And the last half of the life was like a prophecy. Mm. And it all happened. I traveled around the world. I got my children. That's it's like, amazing. It's, I honestly uh, think you, you can sit in the studio sometimes and things that you're thinking are deeply rooted inside you, you write about them without realizing that's your next stage in life, if that makes sense. There's so exactly. many songs no, no, that no, come completely. through for me that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I wrote that down and didn't see it. 
It's a weird Very thing. Strange. And I believe that there's this special moment in songwriting uh, or in artistic creation in general where you just tap in so deeply into like the human soul that you're 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 starting to think about things that haven't happened yet um and and it's and then and then they just do but they were going to happen anyway writing the song or not they were going to happen anyway right true i mean i've i've been in the situation where the shoe's been on the other foot as well where i know that something's been written about me and then something's happened afterwards which isn't the best oh, feeling oh, in the world Jesus. but it happens it happens guys talking about vulnerability though i was just thinking mark the way that i look at it sometimes when i i, I watch some of the matches i'm like as a striker, you can make a hundred mistakes in a game, and no one will will like no one cares because someone else scored True the winning story. goal. Like as a goalkeeper, you make one mistake or two mistakes, and your team loses. Like, and you can get the blame as well when someone else clearly should have put that tackle in before it even got to you. That's the bit that gets me as a yeah, keeper. Like, like, oh, you should have saved. It. I'm like, well, you could have done with tackling him about thirty minutes earlier. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was in the other side of the box, like. Actually, it's true. But uh, when we are always involved in the most important uh, moments. Yeah, moments in the game, mm. and of course, in in the highlights, you would always see just uh, yeah the. So the you went for the screen time to go. Probably <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. No, but uh, I think um, well, it, it makes it fun for me, you know. But uh, on the other hand, of course, there's there's pressure, but everybody has pressure. It doesn't matter mm. if it's if it's me or if it's if it's you guys or um, like. The, the, I think the pressure is completely different. But uh, there are also people who have to to bring home money, and so I try to to not get it too close to me as a person. But I would think about well, I would try to to think as a different person, seeing myself. I like that. Well, I mean, we should all take that because you are clearly the man with the best reactions in the game. Uh, let's move on to your next track, track number five. Um, we've got Can't Hold Us by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Here's a small clip of that now. Yeah, I mean, it's such an uplifting... <laughs> I like that track like, a lot. There's a lot of really good gym tunes in this playlist, I feel. Yeah. For sure, I might have to throw them on later on. Uh, why did you pick this song? When I was about to be a professional goalkeeper, it was my first game, actually, and I and you have, like, this uh, songs you normally let the... I asked the guy to put this song on when I go out on, on the football pitch, Um we were in a quite difficult situation. My first game was a tough game and no really expectations on, on the team, on the rest of the season. And I think we really nailed it. So um, the, um, the song was, for me, ever since, uh, really important. How about you, uh, Lucas? Obviously, you know, after having that massive success, I mean, I definitely think I've been guilty of this in, in, in my career of becoming slightly complacent with things sometimes when things are going so well. I mean, you know, one point in One Direction, it was like 
whatever we put out would just go massive. And then there just kept was more award shows and more of this and more. And at, at a certain time, we didn't even really stop to enjoy them. I feel like was was mm. one of the main reasons why I became a, a lot less motivated towards towards the end of that. But, but what was it? You know, how's it been for you? How how have you managed just to remain motivated? You know, to write better songs, bigger hits. I mean, uh, I still like seven years still like dwarfs everything that I've ever released. Um, but then again, I'm from a country of five million people. It's like I don't really have the backup to bring things into the global stage like you do as a UK artist or as an American. Um, but you have to remember, I was born in a house without a toilet or a bathroom. I watched my dad dig the sewer system and like I fixed the roof with him after like winter storms. So it's like yeah. motivation. I mean, consistency beats motivation every single day. Grit beats talent and like intelligence every single day in the real mm -hmm. world it's like i have like buried friends to overdoses gang violence and suicide it's like i don't really need motivation to keep moving i just need to look at where i'm from and then just remember how grateful i really just need to be how grateful i have to be in order to to keep moving because what you and i have liam that mark doesn't is half of the audience when mark goes on the pitch is against him yeah. Everyone well, on the pitch you is for me. But when I go, but that's the way it is. It's like half of the crowd is against that you. Is, Mark. I've never ever like, and about every that. single person that goes in to watch you, Liam, has chosen actively to, to be you. there with oh, that's you. That's true. Mm. No one's yelling boo or like hoping you fail. Oh, no, I, I, like... I've actually I've been heckled in foreign languages. You had you had a few of them. <laughs> no, I, I honestly. I've been to a couple of gigs. I, I didn't really tour for the last the last couple of years that I've been making records. I've kind of just been doing different corporate gigs and different festivals. And sometimes yeah. when you turn up to places, there's a lot of angry young men there who don't don't like me very much, I find, in some places. Um, I once turned up to this one gig in one place. Oh, my God. I can't even remember where I was. And the guy was, like, DJing before me. And I knew that my set was half quicker songs, some slow songs and whatever else. And this crowd are on a different planet to the planet that I'm on there ready to boom, boom, ba -da, ba -da. I'm like, oh my God, can this guy get off the stage quickly? Because the more he pumps them up, the more anticlimactic the middle of my set's going to be. <laughs> and and I, I mean, it must have been a crowd where I just didn't really see it coming. And, and it was like, the crowd was like 90% male. Um, so I got on the stage and I just thought, there's not really anybody here who's on my team right now. And they started to heckle me in a foreign language. So I thought, well, this one's just for me. Speaking of motivation, speaking about this, this is apparently your Pump It Up song, Mark. Jerusalem by Master KG. Let's hear a little bit of that. That's so fulfilling. Why did you choose this one? <laughs> Uplifting. I can't listen to the song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's the song of my son, actually, um, oh, wow. because he, he is a year old now and he's uh, dancing on it <laughs> as there would be no tomorrow. So uh, it's unreal. He loves this song. He, he relaxes completely. He's with his hands up. You know, it's, it's super strange. How but, old is your son? Uh, one, one year and one month. 
Lucas, I know you just had, is it, I'm going to get this right, Billy? Billy, yeah. And you had Viola before. So how did that feel in terms of that transition into fatherhood? <laughs> I mean, I always knew that I wanted to be a father and preferably a young one. And I would say the same about Mark. Well, the first time I met you, Mark, I remember I had little Viola up in like a carry bag. And you uh, you sat with her. She was what, like six months old or something? Yeah, about and, this, uh, yeah. And I remember you were like, can I hold her? And I was like, you just sat with the little baby. And I was like, this is a dad. And he like, not yet. Yeah, but I but... didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, you know. It was like, okay, you know, and but... I didn't, had never a baby on. And he said like, yeah, just take her. But no, most no, men, <laughs> but most men can't do this, I you know. I didn't know. <laughs> like most men can't hold a baby like that. And I just knew you were going to be a great dad from watching you sit with a six month old baby. For me, it was the same every time I, I could hold a baby when I was younger. It was like, I knew, okay, I'm good with kids. If I suck at everything else in life, I'm, I know I'm good with kids. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. man. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a straight transition. It's a crazy transition. Because you just need to postpone your own needs and desires constantly. Yeah, I mean, I think there's the, I definitely think there is a thing of, 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 that you know that you're, you're going to be good with kids in a sense but I think you know as a, on a journey as a dad I think it's exactly what you said at the first you feel like I don't know what the hell I am doing right now and I think at first it's it's difficult to fit into that family union you know as, as your your missus or your wife or your, or your for me as my ex she was very close with with my baby and it's learning to fit into that family unit like where where do I become useful almost and for me it was always cooking like if I ever speak to a new dad I'm like cooking was the best thing I could do at the moment because if I cook for her she feeds him so then I'm dad I'm taking care of everyone do you know what I mean and I think it's it's um yeah so I don't think a lot of dads speak enough about these sorts of things but I think it's definitely the case that you do you do have to learn to be a dad and you're learning on the job and it's basically the only way it's done this year i feel the last sort of year has been challenging for everybody both personally professionally in every sort of sense what do you both kind of want to do go somewhere else than where i live <laughs> <laughs> i want to go back on stage honestly my life is built around missing my significant other and her missing me and I've we've been constantly together now for a year and she's getting a little bit sick and tired of me I have to say like I've <laughs> never I've never spent this much time at home like for all the years even with kids without kids I've never been home for more than a month at a time my I work all over the place right mm -hmm. so yeah she needs me out of the house <laughs> And Mark, I know it's a big sort of couple of years coming up for you both nationally and obviously also for your club team. What's your targets, man? What's your goals? First of all, I think um, it would be nice to see the family first mm -hmm. uh, before we think about uh, before we think about um, yeah new goals and objectives for for the future. But well, we are now at a good stage of a season. Uh, but the most important right now for everybody, not just for, for a football player, for a musician, for whatever job, I think is, is health. And uh, let's see that, that we can get this topic under control, which would be amazing because then everybody would be a bit more relaxed, uh, less stressed. And, and well, of course, I try to, to just be a dad meanwhile and, and play good football. And, and a good husband as well. Eh? <laughs> some, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Guys, it's been an absolute uh, huge pleasure having you guys. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us. And it was nice to hear, learn about both your stories. About fatherhood. Um, fatherhood. Yeah, incredible. That was far. There was a bit of romance in the middle. A bit. How to handle pressure is what I took away Couldn't from this. <laughs> oh, living under pressure. Yeah, man.
You wrote this down, uh, Lucas, for his song, for the, uh, for the song of Jay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we've got an R&B track as well coming. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We'll see Thank you, you guys. soon. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you very much to Mark and Lucas for joining us today. JD, I mean, what an episode. We've gone through, I almost feel like we've rewritten the song seven years by the time we've finished. I just love the honesty. I, I just thought it was so engaging just to hear Lucas's honesty on terms of that journey and creating that track. And I really felt that you two as artists really related to each other and understood mm. sort of that creation process, man. It was just, it was incredible. It was, I mean, you've even got a, a song coming out now as well. We've, we've got that arranged, that's good to go. I mean, R&B career on the way. If if the younger JD could see himself now, he'd be if, over the moon. Well, mate, I think you uh, you better go off and get started, and I'll, I guess I'll see you next week. No two ways about it, man. I'll see you soon, Liam. What a cracking episode. A huge thank you to Mark Stegen and Lucas Graham for joining us. Um, I mean, it was really wonderful to hear those amazing stories. Very deep one today, very deep. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as we did. If you did, please give us a like, a share, or a review on whatever platform you're listening on. To hear Mark's epic playlist, hit the link below. And finally, check out FIFA's social feeds for exclusive play-on content and teasers for our future guests. Wherever you are in the world right now, thank you very much for joining us. Keep safe. And until next time, play on. <laughs>